What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast, part of the CSG Network. I'm, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. This is a uh, <clears throat> an emergency podcast. Um, we will forget the one that people may have saw seen in their inboxes that was recorded uh, earlier today. <laughs> uh, I learned my lesson about recording podcasts before trades are final. Uh, anyway, I hope uh, people didn't actually listen to that that one, and we'll be listening to this one instead. Uh, that one should have been erased from history. Um, all right, uh, Will Barton and Monte Morris were uh, traded to the um, Washington Wizards for Cantavius Caldwell Pope and Ish Smith. Um, this move it should be get got out of the way. Gets the Nuggets um, about a million, um, a little over a million uh, below the tax line. Get to that in the second half of this podcast, um, but we're going to talk about the actual trade. Monte Morris has been on the block for all off season. Um, it was fairly obvious that he was, um, and uh, Will Barton has. It was at the end of last season. It was. It was. It was basically clear that he had played his last uh, minutes for the Denver Nuggets in the playoffs. Um. Will had declined, in my view, he had declined quite a bit. Uh, the injuries uh, that he had suffered the last, really the last four years, had caught up to him. And uh, he just was no longer the player that he he was, I would say, going back to the regular season of 2019 before he started getting injured a ton. And um, this has been part of the problem. And and quite frankly, it exacerbated his already existing decision-making issues, and it just was untenable for him to stay in the on a team that was had championship aspirations. Uh, Monte Morris uh, was of the available players is probably the most gettable, um, and that is why his market was so strong. Um, the Nuggets traded them for uh, basically. I mean, just just remove Ish Smith from the equation here. Ish Smith isn't part of this deal because the Nuggets desired him. He is part of it because this was the price of doing business. And and you could look at Monte Morris that way, although the Nuggets are paying a bigger price in order to get Cantavius Caldwell Pope back. Uh, the Nuggets sent out $24 million in salary and get back um, uh, about seventeen. And it saved them roughly six point something million, and uh, gets them below the tax line. Uh, how long they stay there is 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 going to be up for question. And I, once again, I will get to that in the second half. Um, what the Nuggets essentially are doing is trading offense for defense. And when you really want to boil it down to it, the Nuggets are operating under the axiom that. Nikola Jokic will sustain this will cause them to be a worse offensive team by the way um but that Nikola Jokic by himself can kind of keep them afloat offensively while they improve their defense that's the theory at least um Kentavious Caldwell Pope Pope excuse me Pope can be a streaky shooter but he is a shooter um and he's a 3-and-D guy, your classic 3-and-D guy on the wing. Um, he will play the two. And uh, the theory is that he will be able to guard multiple positions. It's the, what they want to do. 
Um, you, what you have seen so far this summer is the Nuggets going all in on defense with the theory that Nikola Jokic will keep them afloat offensively. This is very much a Michael Malone pro- approach. This is this is fully shaping into a Michael Malone kind of team. Um, I have spoken to many people who say Calvin Booth shares this mentality. We'll see how it works. I'm willing to give it the benefit of a doubt, but we'll get more into the analysis of this as the as the season goes on. Um, Pope is a um, you know I wouldn't call him an elite defender, but he's good. And I think having a good defender is in that position, as opposed to where Will Barton does, makes them better defensively. Doesn't like I said, doesn't make them better offensively. The Nuggets think that having Jamal and Michael Porter Jr. back um, will make them their offense stable and be able to cover for some of the deficiencies that Mike has uh, on defense. And um, this also goes to having Christian Braun on the team and all that stuff. So really, the Nuggets only have 11 roster uh, spots filled. And uh, that is going to be eventually filled out as the as the um, offseason goes on. People uh, have been looking at this in, in, in several different ways. And, and, and once again, I will get into that as the po- as the podcast goes on, probably in the second half. But I think people are looking at things a bit askew. Um, there are ways to see this and project where the Nuggets are going without without really. Uh, I think the Nuggets have been projecting where they're going to go for since the Jermichael Green trade. But we can deal with that as this goes on. The. Ish Smith thing, I, I don't, I don't see him as a, as a. This, it, it, it's kind, that is kind of a neither here nor there thing. Um, he'll be a backup, backup point guard. I'm, I'm assuming that Bones Island will be the heir apparent to the backup spot, but with Michael Malone, you never know. He may insert Ish Smith there. Who, who knows? Um, Ish Smith is a okay player, and he seemed to only play extremely well against the Denver Nuggets. Um, I, I, but outside of that, I don't think. I mean, he is your typical end of his time backup point guard. Um, but he really wasn't the focal point of this trade. The focal point was Cantabius Caldwell Pope, who will be inserted into the starting lineup at the two spot um, and uh, create a lineup of Jamal Murray, Cantabius Caldwell Pope, um, Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr., and Nicole Jokic. Um, that is that is where we stand right now. Obviously, the Nuggets only have eleven roster spots filled, so things will get more filled out. Um, the Nuggets will not, I repeat, will not get up to fifteen roster spots filled. Um, they will be like most teams and go to either thirteen or fourteen and leave a couple open. So, I am looking at the Nuggets filling two roster spots going forward, um, and that will be how they fill out the roster. I have some theories about how they intend to do that, but um, that's for later. Um, Will Barton um, was very good for the Denver Nuggets at a time when things were very bad. Um, Will Barton's best value came in 2015 when he was traded here to about 2017. Um, Will Barton um, created a different vibe in a locker room that needed better vibes. Uh, people forget he was traded um, 
in 2015 at the deadline to the Denver Nuggets in exchange for Aaron Aflalo and uh, a draft pick and Thomas Robinson, I think, uh, if I rem- remember correctly. And it was, and Robinson never played for the Nuggets, but uh, Aflalo um, needed to be gone because he had really gone a long way to destroying that locker room and um, was making himself not pleasant. So they traded him to the Blazers, and they get back um, a guy that had been on Tim Connolly's radar for a long time, Will Barton. Uh, Barton was very um, good for a happy, stabilizing part of the locker room. Um, did it in a way that uh, was very pleasant. Um, for all the decision-making issues that we had with Will Barton, you know, as we're looking at it as fans, um, his effect on the locker room was uh, probably his biggest achievement. His connection with Nikola Jokic, and, but more than that, him taking a bad vibe and turning it into a good vibe. Um, and there, that is can go a long long way in this league having someone who is just there to be able to stabilize a a locker room uh is invaluable and uh he did that prior to michael malone arriving this was he was the big uh, you could argue that will barton was the beginning of the culture changing in denver uh and that was all the way back in 2015 so we're talking seven years ago now and uh he was quote unquote after gary harris was traded uh he was the longest tenured nugget and uh, it, he went a long way to kind of helping smooth the bad vibes of 2013 uh, to 15 and uh, turning it into something better and more akin to what we see now. And that was largely due to Will Barton. He was great with the media. The media loved him um, probably too much, um, I would say. Uh, but it was a uh, um, something that was a reflection of Will's personality. And Will was a, is a gregarious person who uh, was a great quote and gave people to the time of day. And that goes a long way. Um, Monte Morris was drafted in 2017. And um, when we think about 2017, we think about that awful, awful draft, um, which the first round, the Nuggets had tried several things and swung and missed several times. And they ended up with Tyler Lydon in the first round and a pick that no one really was happy about. I believe, is that the year Kuzma was drafted? Was 17, I think, too? Came in behind uh, um, Lydon. But uh, in the second round, the Nuggets got a gym, and that was Monte Morris, uh, a four-year college player who came out of the Hoiberg uh, orbit Fred Hoiberg orbit and turned himself into the prototypical point guard, which is why he was so good. Uh, Monte was able to go into um, step in, not right away because he bounced back and forth with the G League, but he was able to come in and really um, be the guy, the competent guy. Um, the stabilizing guy, the guy, the guy who gets on the on the court and understands his role, and he understands uh, that the need to distribute. And he was really more of a classic point guard that, that uh, more in the um, Andre Miller thing rather than the Jamal Murray thing. Um, and that was great for the Nuggets because he really provided a stabilization to the bench along with Mason Plumley, who came that same year. Uh, to help this Nuggets bench 
um, really become different, become a, become um, not the minus that they were. Uh, obviously, this year was affected with injuries, but in a healthy team, that Nuggets bench unit was 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 stable, and uh, uh, Monte was a could be a starting point guard on many teams in this uh, in this league, and he of the two pieces traded, he was the highest value. He, would, uh, he wasn't making as much as uh, Will Barton, but uh, he was certainly of bigger value to teams in the league who called about him. Uh, from all over, from what I understand. And that's, that is that uh, is testament to Monte. And I hate the fact that he was basically used to get one player uh, in this deal. But sometimes that's the price of doing business. And this is the price the Nuggets needed to pay in order to get their guy. And their guy was Cantavius Caldwell Pope. So, in essence, the Nuggets considered doing trading high value um relative to contract to a player uh, monte morris in order to get their guy and they deemed that a uh acceptable thing so uh who might argue um so i'm going to take a break but on the other side we're going to talk about the money situation and how this has kind of thrown people for a loop. I will get into several different aspects of it and to why it's okay to be skeptical of what the Nuggets are doing right now while still hoping for the best. I'd like to talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th and Blake and Wazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. They are always online at bfwdenver.com. Do you like reds? Do you like whites? Basically, do you like wine? If, you, if you're a wine connoisseur like myself, uh, Blanchard Family Wines is the best place to go in Denver to get what you need. If you go to bfwdenver.com, you can pick yourself up a bottle or get some swag or, uh, you know, order get order a bottle for shipment and all this stuff. It's, it's just the one-stop shop right there. But if you go to the Dairy Block, you can try their selection of Colorado wines. they got partnerships with Western Slope Vineyards. Everything that you need for your one-stop shop for a Colorado, local Colorado um, establishment that sells great wine from Sonoma County, California. You go to bfwdenver.com. Order yourself a bottle, pick up some swag, or or you can book yourself a table if you are really wanting to get one of those great outside seats they have in the dairy block. It's pretty beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Once again, they're located between 18th and 19th in Blake and Wazee in beautiful lower downtown, Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. They are always online at bfwdenver.com. They are on Facebook and Instagram under Blanchard Family Wines. When you go in or you talk to them, tell them Jeff Morton from CSU Podcast sent you there. You know, the, uh, we have talked about the money thing with the Nuggets. Now, they are below the tax now. Kind, it is a nebulous situation. They are below the tax. Um, they're not buying out Ish Smith. So this is a, a one-point-something million below the tax line. They are not eligible for the full uh, MLE because they have 11 roster spots. Now, Let's be clear. People have talked about them getting, um, using 11 roster spots, using 15 roster spots. Um, I do not anticipate that happening. I fully, 
fully anticipate the Denver Nuggets leaving one or two roster spots open in order to uh, save for buyouts or additions during the year for players that are two-way or something like that. So really, the Nuggets are at a place where they need to fill out two uh, roster spots right now. And um, I think people have forgotten that the Nuggets probably can't, they can trade Jeff Green. Um, he is their backup four um, at this point, but do they really need Jeff Green? I mean, you know, and his four million. I mean, I think we should take that into consideration and say maybe the Nuggets go ahead and trade Jeff Green in order to stay below the tax line. Now, why that is important is because the Nuggets don't have access to the full mid-level exception. They have the taxpayer one, but they don't have the full one, which is comes from not being a taxpaying team. So uh, they would need to be able to be below the line, and you know, there's all these machinations that go into it. When we talk about the finances of the Denver Nuggets, uh, it is hard not to think about Stan Kroenke never really going that far into the tax um, and really committing financially. When the Nuggets got Allen Iverson in 2006, um, it was a much different league. It was a much different tax. Um, and Stan Kroenke wasn't paying what he would be paying now back then. Uh, and that was done. The Iverson, as I said over and over, I hesitate to include the Iverson deal because that was done in desperation because of Mello's suspension. So that was the cost of business. That was a, we can't afford to have Mello missing 15 games. We need something to keep us afloat. And um, they went for it and it did that. But it only lasted a year and a half and um, ended. And then they got out of the tax and went back into the tax uh, about $4 million in 2010. And that was uh, that was before... The, the lockout, which was the, a year later after that, which changed the way the NBA does tax, uh, which increased the from $1 million to $1.5 million for every million you're over. And then once you reach a certain threshold, it goes to like $2 million. You know, it's, it's, it becomes more onerous. The, the you know, owners or certain owners were trying to increase the penalties for um, going over the, into the tax. And my thing with Stan Kroenke is that he has yet to prove that he's willing to be financially uncomfortable, um, like the Milwaukee Bucks, when they traded all those picks and went well, well into the tax, okay? And then, of course, then for that one year, and then, of course, they, they let P.J. Tucker go for tax reasons. But uh, I've never seen Stan Kroenke willing to do that sort of thing. And that's what I'm watching for this year, because... You know, people have talked about them Nuggets getting Victor Oladipo as on the mid-level exception, the tax-paying mid-level exception. I don't, I don't necessarily think that is a needle-moving move because I don't necessarily believe that. That uh, um, I, I, I think Oladipo's best years are well behind him. Um, there are those who disagree with me, and that's fine. But I, I don't see him as a, a needle mover. But I do do think the Nuggets, where I go keep going to, is that I don't necessarily believe they're done trading people. And here is the 
is the is the rub. I think people are just thinking the Nuggets are going to invest financially via free agency, but there's a whole bunch of other things they could do via trade. And I think this team is going to be looking at a bunch of trades, which is completely re... I mean, if they can do it. They may just, you know, do sign two players and then keep two roster spots open um, like I anticipate them to do. And, you know, they may go gently into the tax, but, you know, you know who knows? Um, you know, we're not talking about deep, deep investment in tax. There probably will go about $10 million in. They're currently $1 million below, so they could, you know, re-sign Austin Rivers and, you know, keep a roster spot open for Davon Reed. Um you know, and, and do things like that. But people are expecting things that I don't think necessarily they will do because because teams that are this this close tend to want to make trades before they make um, free agency deals. And, you know, look, I, I, I think everyone not named Nikola Jokic is probably is going to be available. Who knows? Uh, but I think the Nuggets, I don't know if the Nuggets are done trading, um, which I'm, like I said, I'm of two minds. The Nuggets keep trading. They're being aggressive. If they get an upgrade, I'm, I'm all for it. Uh, if they trade to get out of further out of the tax so they can avoid the tax or go gently into the tax, then I'm going to hammer them. And at this point, we don't know. And that is where I'm at. We really don't know where the Nuggets are with more trades. Um, and I don't know what they, I mean, unlike I fully, I, I mean, Jeff Green is low cost, but is he a guy they consider to be uh, too valuable to salary dump? I don't think so. So there is that, okay? I think the Nuggets improved, quote-unquote, but I don't necessarily think they moved the needle to championship. Um, they sacrificed offense and they sacrificed their bench depth. Um, the bench looks iffy. Um, obviously, things could change with further free agency moves. But I think the gambit right now is that Jokic is so good that he will lift the offense while the defense improves. Um Maybe, maybe, but the the Nuggets offense is is good and it, but it's good in a weird weird way, and I think they need to get to a point where Jokic isn't the only thing that they're counting on to make them function, um, and maybe maybe Jamal could do that, you know, and maybe they're counting on Jamal. Who knows? As far as what the Nuggets need, I'll be honest with you. Um, I think they've with Braun, but excuse me, not Braun, Brown. Um, and uh, uh, KCP, um, along with Gordon, I think they've got enough of the defenders. I think they need another shooter, um, a wing who can shoot. Um, going all in on just defensive players is a huge risk, as much as going in on all offensive players is, and the Nuggets need to strike a balance. I, I, don't, I honestly don't know what they intend to do. Their moves this, this year... This offseason have really centered on defense, but 
mm, I don't know how sustainable that is. So let's see how they adjust. Let's see how they go into this offseason. I'm keeping an open mind as far as what they will do um, and remaining skeptical that they will go too far into the tax. I am just, I am not convinced Dan Kroenke is willing to be uncomfortable to win a title. Um, but I hope I'm wrong. I really do. But as far as this trade goes, I give the trade a B. Um, the Nuggets got their guy and they overpaid for him um, with Monte, but sometimes it's the price of doing business. So overall, this is a B grade for me, and we'll see what they do for the rest of the offseason. Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast. I will be back, uh, well, after free agency begins, so tomorrow, <laughs> and uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how the Nuggets do. Goodbye.